This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode 27. Joining us on me as always is my wonderful co-host Liam. Liam, what's wrong with the world? Oh, the world is a fuck. It's literally 10 minutes before we were to click record in this podcast, the news broke that Howard Finkel died at the age of 69. And like, it it can't, it can't be overstated the degree to which he was like the, 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 the soundtrack to wrestling of my childhood. In a way that he's like the best ring announcer of all time, and he's he's ugh, it's heartbreaking. And like oh god, like why? Well, yesterday was bad enough, and now this like ugh, nothing is good anymore. It's just the world is a bleak, depressing place full of bad news, endlessly piling dictators on top of freaking pandemics on top of beloved heroes dying, and it's. Hey, a podcast. How are you doing, Liam? Yeah, that's wrestling. Uh, R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. I'm just... Man, Fink. Yeah. It's a rough one. It really is. Uh, <sighs> how are you doing otherwise? <laughs> I know. Living. Surviving in this time of horror. We had the, the like twenty something people being released yesterday, which is yay! We gotta maintain those profit margins. Woo! The company wouldn't have survived otherwise. Oh yeah, they're only gonna make a billion dollars this year, Liam. Coronavirus has really hit them hard. All now those other make a companies and eight. that don't have any money, that that freaking don't have billion dollar TV deals to prop them up. All of those haven't cut anybody, but WWE had to. Oh, Tanahashi went to the Japanese government to, to fight for the smaller companies, not for New Japan, but for the smaller companies to fight on their behalf, to advocate that pro wrestling should be the last thing to open back up. But nah, WWE had to do this because God forbid Vince McMahon's stock price goes down and he loses money. It wasn't even, it's not like it was going to go down, down. It's like, it was just, like it's already at like a 10 cents. What a time. That what we live in a time. Indeed. You know, it's, it, was, it was such like a weird mixture of feelings I had while I woke up and had this all dumped on me. Um, like, because I was like, I was really happy for the people who finally got their releases who had been asking for them forever, but I was also like, just depressed for Drake Maverick and Heath Slater and such. Yeah, and people like Zack Ryder. The people who thought, like, Mike Chioda has been working there since 1989 for 31 years. And mm. he got cut this this week. It's like There's no loyalty in that company. No, none whatsoever. The cool world of business has influenced that company more than prior wrestling. And the freaking government of Florida, the mayor of Florida being like, oh, WWE is a family. They look after each other and then... Days after they're declared essential, they declare how unessential everybody is by firing them. Yep. That's, it's, this is a good, it's a fun time, and then Fink dies, and everything is miserable and sad. Mm-hmm. This is the high-energy, enthusiastic opening to a podcast that you always want to get people fired up to listen to takes about all Elite Wrestling Dynamite and WWE NXT. In front of zero people. 
in front of zero people and what Tony as a can. staunch reminder that nothing good is happening in this world <laughs> nothing is normal anymore this is the new norm baby apparently the word normal is at the highest google search it has ever been people are having a real rough time with resident evil 3 <laughs> solid joke yeah <laughs> if you think about it the world is kind of resident evil 3 right now Aren't we all a little Resident Evil 3 at heart? A little worse than we were last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes, a very apt, a very apt metaphor. As we, I guess Have you we'll played get... Resident Evil 3 yet? <laughs> I haven't. I played 2. 2 is very good, the remake. I just watched a full playthrough, but it kept me engaged to watch it all in one go. Well, it's only four hours or so, so it's not that hard to watch all in one go. It was an eight-hour uh, stream. Uh, it's, it's like I thought runtime on that game was about 4.30. Uh, they played on the hardest difficulty available at the time. Do you play on hard difficulties? Because I don't. I'm a coward. I I don't. I'm too much of a baby. I don't like losing enough to play on hard difficulties. Because usually I won't go for the very baby difficulty unless I'm having trouble. Oh, I'll never go baby, but I'll stick to normal. Yeah, I'll be like, whatever the, the option above baby is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my level. When you were playing DMC3, did you get the baby option? I got the baby option within level 2, Liam. Come on. <laughs> what do you expect of me? It's a hard that, game. Because there's that, that ghoul thing, the boss at the end of level 2, and that yeah. killed me at least like 15 times. So then it's like... <laughs> I know people who have gotten like um, the baby option at literally level 2 at the start where you have to fight the first like boss. Yeah, that's that's where I got it. Uh, I, I'm that person, Liam. <laughs> Oh no, that thing that's not that hard, like bro. Times. You can, you can parry it. Uh, you see, uh, I've learned in video games, I have absolutely no patience for any like parrying system or anything. This is the reason I like Bloodborne. Yeah, but you don't even have to use the parrying system if you don't want to. No, you don't. But then you have to get used to how to not use it. You, it takes longer to learn how to play the game without the parry than it does to play the game with the parry. So. Uh, yeah, that's the reason I like Bloodborne. Bloodborne very aggressive, very get in the face of the enemies as opposed to, you know, stand back and use a shield or something. Raise your shield. Which is, I think, also the reason I, I didn't particularly care for God of War, the 2018 one, because that was a lot of, you know, oh, you have to wait for the enemy to attack you, then you parry it and then fight back. It's like, no, I just want to go in and kill things. It's like I Final Fantasy VII. That. It's all about just going in and killing things. The game is so pretty. Except for the occasional periods in which it's not. It's very strange. Oh, the occasional periods in which textures just don't load. Yeah, it's just blurry as shit. And it's like, but it's all right. Like, I just got to think, like, man, this game's going to be... I'll probably play it when it gets a PS5 port. Well, you can wait until, like, I don't know, 2033, when they do the definitive collection of Final Fantasy VII, and you can just play it as one game. I'll wait till 2070 when they do Final Fantasy VII Remake Remake. <laughs> or remake two, <laughs> remake <Fantasy>. X two. <laughs> it's Square Enix, so they will give it the most convoluted name imaginable. The only the only company that is better than um, Square Enix at doing the complicated names is um, Arc Systems. Yeah, which is just Blaze Blue Cross Bloody Blair sixty seventy nine eight <laughs> Guilty Gear Revolution XR two. It's like what are you doing? What are Extra. you doing? Oh well. So we have wrestling shows to talk about, Liam. It's like the most, like, the only wrestling I watch now is these shows. And, mm. like, if I didn't have to watch one of them, I probably wouldn't. So you're I'd saying... I'd be watching you... so little wrestling. 
like I've I've said this already. I'm very much over empty arena wrestling. I don't particularly like it. Even when it's I good, for it. I don't particularly like it. And like, because even uh, when it's good, I think, man, this would be so much better if there was a crowd. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into a very bad empty arena match tonight. But oh, will we? Or if you like that match, I will shout at you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> We, we we have reached we've reached the stage like we're, we'll still do this show because you know they're still doing the television shows so we might as well Until one of them quits but yeah I'm, I'm very much over all of this <laughs> I'm just over all of this just I'm all just, of it it's like I don't even blame them like for, for I mean I blame them for doing live stuff but I don't blame them for airing the tape stuff hmm. but it's like can we I don't know. I think I'd also be fine if we just weren't watching shows and then we just came back with big shows. Because, mm. like, it's it sucks for the first couple of weeks, but, like, as I'm going through right now with um, uh, Critical Role being on hiatus, like, the first two weeks really sucked because you get excited for the day and you're like, oh, wait, it's not happening. But then after that, you just kind of forget about it and you're just excited for when it will come back. Life moves on. Yeah, it's it's worse when you're like, oh, Double or Nothing is still happening. And I'm like, I don't want to watch pay-per-view matches like this. Just cut everything and have Double or Nothing be your show back. Just cut everything and have a big NXT super show with both NXT UK and NXT and have that be your show back. It's not a hard concept. Yeah, but I meant more like a big old takeover that has like Volta versus Balor and such. Yeah, but as I said, it is what it is, and it is what it will be for the foreseeable future. This is like the most, like, almost NPR-level show that we've ever done. <laughs> well, like, this is heartbreaking news, literally, literally as we were about to hit record. After already, like, yesterday, I just couldn't do anything. Like, you you had, you had, at least had the, the luxury, luxury of waking up and just having it all dumped in you at once. It's just, like, sitting there all day. It's like, and now this person is fired, and now this person is fired, and now this person is fired. And it's all just very sad, and it happened over the space of, like, five hours. And it's just like, oh, this is, I just I just sat Timothy, there for most of the day. Timothy really does it in the most immoral way possible. Because <laughs> they wait till people pick up the phone, and then... And, and then just, they announce them right after. Like, just, that's, that's terrible. Just wait until tomorrow and just announce them all at once. Why is that so hard? And someone there will be like, oh, well, it'll get out. It's like, who gives a shit if it gets out? Like, save the fucking mindset of, like, the people who were literally working on your live wrestling show that day. Like, as I said, I can't imagine the people who had to work on NXT last night. Who were just, like, their friends are being fired. The company is entirely uncertain. Their producers are being fired. Or, well, uh, furloughed. And... Mm. They just have to go out there and produce a television show, I guess. If I'm someone like Aaliyah, I was I would be like, I'm out here. Yeah, I still have a job, I guess. I'm in the clear. AW Dynamite opened with another Jake Roberts promo. Jake, we can't say enough good things about Jake. He's he's phenomenal. He's so good. It's like the best part of the show every week. <laughs> he is like, and he oh, they always they're opening the show every week with a two three minute Jake promo, and they're always fantastic. And it's just like, yeah, at least at least we have that silver lining in this deep dark world. Just more Jake. Yeah, we also got a, a hype package for Colt to tell us who he was before Lance Archer defeated Colt, Colt. Cabana. So it's just because like Colt's a good serious promo when he needs to be. 
Colt's like uh, he's one of those like like utility players that you can put in any role. Like you could give Colt a, a, a champion, a, a, a challenger of the month world title match, and people would buy it. And you could have him doing undercard comedy, and people could buy it. And you could have him on tag team, and people could buy it. You can put him on commentary, and people will buy it. He's one of those people. Mm. You, you can literally, you can literally do anything you want with Colt Cabana, including have him establish credibility for Lance Archer, <laughs> which is what this match was about. Unlike uh, a um. A Marco or a similar similar level wrestler in the company, Colt, I, even though he's like new, has a lot of stakes still. I feel to even the casual audience, because like he's he's spent years and years building up his brand and building up his reputation. And uh, as and it's funny because he's never done that as a serious pro wrestler man. He's never done that as like a guy who takes himself seriously and needs to be pushed. And yet people take him seriously and uh, and invest in him. Because, you know, he's very talented and people care about him. He also has um, those moments, uh, like, because he is such a utility player, where they can put him in these big uh, feuds or angles and it doesn't feel forced. Mm. Like, in every company he's been in, excluding one, (laughs) um, that's always been the case, you know what I mean? It's like, when he was doing Endo Berry stuff, like, he could be what you needed him to be, but then also he can have a best of seven series with Adam Pearce all around the world that gets a lot of positive praise. In Ring of Honor, you have him come back in, but then when you need him to, you have him turn up and have a very serious program with Jay Lethal. He's a good wrestler. A good and diverse... A good, yeah, like I said, utility player. So yeah, Lance Archer beat him in a, a really nice little match. You know, it was, was Colt got enough that he didn't get squashed, but also Lance didn't give so much that he... Because I, I, I always insist people are like, monsters should be indestructible, and I'm like, no, they shouldn't. The key to a mm. good monster is the amount of vulnerability they show. It's not it's not being invulnerable because you have to believe the person can beat them. So it, they have to sell enough that they remain credible, but not so much that they veer into um like like you know a cartoon character or or that people don't take them seriously anymore. There there's like that line, but that's like being invulnerable is not interesting. Well, I feel like the core of the thing that makes these giant characters the scariest is like the fact that they are men you know what i mean like Mm. they're just people who are giants they're not like these supernatural beings that you shouldn't be afraid of like this is like you could imagine just walking into a store and like lance archer's just there and he'll just kick the shit out of you that's why it's more effective than i don't know a giant mummy called the yeti he seems so much taller. I never considered Colt a small man. I know Lance is very tall, but like he was like a full like head and a half above Colt. I was like, dear God, this man is gigantic. Which is even funnier when you see him next to like Jake and he's just peeking over Jake. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is Colt like, small? Like, Did I just never realize Colt is small? I'm not like, because Colt's like six foot. Yeah. Like, six one on a good day. Dear God, Lance is, a, Lance is gigantic. Britt Baker was in her dental practice. She was giving out about having her face broken. <laughs> about it she's she's so good at this stuff man (laughs) again i like i like her just being like completely in her own head thinking she's like the coolest chick yeah it's like because like in many ways her character has well it has but it's they've just reframed all the dentist stuff that she's like i'm a dentist look at me i achieve things unlike you other dopes and then well, she goes. She's, like, she's saying like I achieve things unlike you other dopes, but you can. <laughs> she's she's inspiration. She's the, the 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 true role model, the true inspiration for all these other women in the AW women's division. She's like that um like that girl or guy that you'd be in class with and you'd like see them upset after you get the test result. And you're like, oh man, what'd you get? And they're like, Ugh, B 
plus. <laughs> you're just like, shut up. <laughs> shut your mouth. Uh, they had a bunch of people uh, as talking heads throughout the night, uh, hyping up Hager and Mox. They sure had a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of people from Bellator MMA as well, I might add. Surprisingly, all siding with Jake Hager. <laughs> mm, uh, including Mike Goldberg, which is funny because WWE spent years trying to hire Mike Goldberg. Like, going back to 2005, I think, was when they originally tried to pull him from UFC. And even when he left UFC, I think they were interested in him again in, what was that, 2017 or so? Like, years and years trying to get Mike Goldberg, and then he just randomly pops up on AEW. It's funny. It's because the, they weren't trying to poach him. <laughs> It's much easier when you just say, hey, do this small thing for it, for a guy that you might like or have a good relationship, seemingly had a good relationship with. Also, also everyone's at home and bored. <laughs> that's true, too. Like, yes, yes, I'll be on TV. I'll keep my name out there. Mm. It's better than me just sitting here. <laughs> There's also an, an upsetting number of inner circle people in these talking head shots. It's like, I wonder Dude, that's who hilarious, they want to win. But that's hilarious, <laughs> though. That's exactly what you'd expect it to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because they had Santana Ortiz and the Sammy there, and no one on the, they could have at least got Renee, uh, Renee Young or something. I think that, yeah, they should just have Renee get her fired too. Um, uh, it's like I'm really interested. In, it's never going to be a dynamic that's like actually explored, but like I would have loved to have heard Jericho's thoughts on someone in his group going for his title. Because mm. like it seems because like he never really talked about it. You know what I mean? Like, even when he talked about the the match, he would always be like, oh, Hager's gonna, like, fuck him up. But he's never like, oh, yeah, he's gonna take the title. That's <laughs> supposed to be my title. Where's my rematch? Yeah, so... I, did, I do like every time he's on commentary, it's like, the inner circle never hit each other with their own moves. Yeah. Which they have, but not their finishes. That's the distinct difference. Mm. I also like that Jericho um, takes credit for literally every signing. Like, it's established yes. he's taking credit for Mox. He obviously took credit for Sammy. Even in the opener, he's like, I gave the recommendation for Lance Archer to come here. To the powers that be. Um, it's, it's good stuff, man. Uh, Jericho, he wasn't as good as last week. But, like, even though he wasn't as good as last week, he was still, like, you know, an A. <laughs> mm. Like, I like Jericho. We all like Jericho. How can you not like Jericho? Uh, Britt Baker then defeated Cassandra Golden. Cassandra Golden, who was on Impact two weeks ago, actually. Wow. She, uh, she did not get the Cassandra Golden's All Elite tweet afterwards, unfortunately. No, and she lost very quickly, so I don't imagine yeah. she will. Uh, I don't know how I feel about um, Britt doing the bite the ropes curb stomp, because that's such a big spot for me. Yeah, she shouldn't do it on. I suppose if she if she she I suppose she can do it on Cassandra Golden because Cassandra Golden will probably never be seen again. Yeah. Uh, uh, a good. I think it probably becomes her Pentagon arm break. Mm. Or Randy Orton punt. Mm. I think the thing with like I think the arm break was always better. Like this is a really weird off-topic thing. I think the arm break and uh, the teeth kicking in <laughs> it will be better than the punt because like you can sell those effects more visually. Like the guys that fought Pentagon would come back in like th- three four weeks with like a bandaged up arm to wrestle. So like you could have. Um, maybe not Cassandra Golden because you don't know if she'll be back or not but um, who did she do it to first uh, I think it might have been Yuka and, um, and like, it could, it could, she can like, come out come out with like some sort of a face thing I don't know what dentist <laughs> what, what face thing what would you have for broken jaw and teeth 
I guess you could sell it by having her wear a mouth guard or something for a while. Which would be hilarious then if the mouth guard drops out one punch glass jaw, she just gets like pinned. Yeah. Like permanent injury has like taken place due to this move. That's what you do if you really want to put the move over. This is the the match Jackson four year back injury. <laughs> Which obviously will be paying off on BT two hundred. One can only imagine. We then had the bubbly bunch. The bubbly bunch. Which I am slightly disappointed they didn't do it all in the windows. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I were to do that, I would have done it all in the windows and just had, like, Sammy making dopey faces while somebody else talks. But alas, it was still very entertaining. Sammy, like, doing, like, the worst Spanglish ever. <laughs> because yeah. Matt Hardy called him a fake Latino. <laughs> he is a false Spanish god. Uh, these guys are just really great together. I was, I was really impressed with Ortiz in this segment. I thought he was really charismatic. Ortiz is, like, the most charismatic, funny person in the world. Like, it's, it's one of those things where he shows up in Impact, and he's like, you know, Satana's obviously the better wrestler. And it's like, oh, Ortiz is there, too. And then slowly you realize, wait, Ortiz is, like, insanely funny and charismatic and, like, just, just stick a camera on him, and he will always be amusing, and he'll shout the best very loudly <laughs> and hilariously. That's probably why they compliment each other so well. Because, mm. like, um... Santana's a bit more of the serious uh, guy, and Ortiz is just like the wild card. That's not the uh, Santana, to say Santana is the better wrestler. It's not to besmirch Ortiz. It was also a very yeah, because I love Ortiz. I, I I really enjoy his matches. Yeah, I want to see more of him in single stuff too. I want to see them both more in single stuff. The bubbly bunch. God, it's like every time they do something like, and it's like when you remember when they debuted in October, it's like what a weird group of people this is. And now it's, it's just like, still kind of weird though. <laughs> like you still look at them and you're like, how do these people mesh? The real like thing will be if they ever add another member, like will that completely throw the dynamic? Mm. Six is a lot of people. Five, five is a nice stable number. Well, the thing is, they always said they want to add a female to it. Who would you add? I don't know. You need to have someone who can keep up with the charisma. That's the thing. Oh, Brit then. I was going to say, maybe you could have Brit, because like, Brit would be able to play along with everything really well. Mm. Oh, the, I think also the image of Brit coming out with like swagger behind it as like the heater, that would be really cool. <laughs> she would be, he would be much larger than her. Mm. <laughs> she comes out doing the um, like the Prince Devitt thing on Bad Luck Farley's shoulders, <laughs> except she's doing it on Jack's, hold- uh, Jack's holder, uh, shoulders. Hmm. Uh, Sammy Guevara <laughs> Sammy Guevara then went on to defeat Pineapple Pete in the Shug D it was a perfectly fine match Jericho botches everyone's names and I don't know if it's intentional or not it's clearly just shtick he just called him Sugar the entire time so it's clearly not his name <laughs> The way he did it, I think it was clearly him doing a bit because he was like Sug, Suga, Shug <laughs> You can get it right, and then he got frustrated, and he's like, nah, Pineapple Pete. Give Shug D a, a signing. Give him a contract. Have him work a main event program with Jericho. Oh, he definitely should get a match at the very least. And Sammy faces Darby Allen next week? That one's next week, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's either that or it's yes, Kip yes, and yes. Dustin. I like how you can tell which people are within the vicinity of the tapings because they're on every show now, whereas for Forward Dynamite, it'd be like a two-week break before you see people. Yeah, Kip Sabian would disappear for a month at a time. Or Sean Spears is suddenly on the show Yeah, Sean Spears is on two weeks in a row. <laughs> Sean Spears uh, has been on Dynamite for the last five weeks in some capacity. 
he's finally made it. He's via attrition. He has finally made his his AEW. He's made his mark. Good work, Sean. He's heartless, you know. Uh, Kip Sabian defeated Chuck Taylor in a fine match in which I was kind of mad that Chuck lost. Yeah, but Kip's in the tournament. I don't care. <laughs> I, I like how I, during this match I messaged you saying I hope Kip and Havoc are a team and then they became a team by the end of it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Jimmy Havoc attacks Orange Cassidy. By the way, Chris Jericho on commentary was going after Orange Cassidy and it made me realize... They're definitely having a match. I hope that's double or nothing. Like, screw the Matt Hardy stuff. I hope that's your double or nothing match. Yeah, they will definitely wrestle someday and it will be absolutely majestic. Oh, actually, no. Save it for people. I think that needs that needs to be a match with people. Yeah, it's all out when you come back. But Jericho and that being said, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is definitely showing up when Jericho goes to the Matt Hardy compound. He'll, yeah, they'll, he'll, he'll be like, I don't know. It's, under the boat. <laughs> under the boat, yes. He's going to be under the boat and then he's going to like annoy Jericho and Jericho's going to take a move and that's going to set that up for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sabian beat Chuck Taylor. It's, I'm I'm very over Kip Sabian. I never want to see him wrestle again. <laughs> I really don't mind him. Like I'm not like you know fawning over Kip Sabian, but like I really don't mind him. He's just kind of there for me. Sean Spears defeated Justin Law. Big squash. He fought the law and he won. Yeah, more like just out of law. Nah, there's. No I th- <laughs> I thought of that joke while watching it. <laughs> I was like, uh, literally while saying it, it's like, there's, it's not even a joke. There's nothing here. Mm, next week. Uh, indeed, next week we have Orange Cassidy versus Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara, and Kip Sabian versus Dustin oh, Rose. Both Plus, matches. Kenny Omega in action. I hope it's Kenny Omega versus Shugdi. <laughs> sure. And then our main event. Hey, Garrett. Don't. Don't you dare. Hey, Garrett. I liked this match. This is this is this was worse than Gargano and Champa. That's my I hot liked take. this match. This match yeah. was god awful. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it did nothing. I am so over 30 minute empty arena matches. Just yeah, okay. Stop it. Just I, stop. <laughs> stop torturing me with these endless walking brawls in front of nobody okay. we're got punch no reaction punch okay. no reaction fall down okay. lie there for four minutes Garrett, punch please. no reaction Garrett. go through two commercial breaks punch Garrett, no reaction oh we're gonna roll on the floor and do some holds for no reason and that goes for 30 minutes Garrett, i'm talk. sick of it i don't want it anymore liam i'm just I'm, I'm just i'm no stop doing this to me stop it please no, no, no. Okay. I like the match. <sighs> that being said, I do think it was way too long, but I still like the match. There are principles of empty arena wrestling. There are things you can do in front of a crowd that you simply cannot do in front of no crowd. Brawling endlessly while doing nothing is one of those things. Because if the crowd's hot, if the crowd's into that while you're brawling through the crowd, it's like, oh, yeah, look at these two. They're tearing into each other. And if they're not, which they'll never be because there's nobody there, it's just endless nothing. It's just like we're going to walk through these chairs and nothing's going to happen. And we're going to put on a mediocre looking figure four around a pole. And that's the highlight. And then you're like, leave me alone. May I I speak of the, the things that I liked in the match? You, be short, be brief, be intense, be physical. 
You, you, you need to I thought you were talking about me bro. in my description, the description of why I like the match. Yes, there you go. Be short, Fine. be brief, be intense. And physical. That's the most important physical. part. Alright, I'll be very quick. Um, I liked the opening of the match. It was very blood sport grapply, which I like, but I can Bad. understand why people... Why? Yes, I can understand why people wouldn't like that, but I enjoyed the grappling. I, I liked that um, Hagar came across like a bear just constantly trying to smother Mox throughout the match. I liked that Mox threw some real hard shots in there. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> but I do think it went too long. So I, you, you do agree on that. Tony Khan being like, this is going to be one of the best empty arena matches on the history of wrestling. It's like, it was like the third best empty arena match on this television show. <laughs> yeah. It was the best, but anyway. <laughs> I hate everything. There's nothing I enjoyed I this match. It's freaking... it, it gave me the most... Uh, uh, Hager was out of breath, though. Jake Hager against John Moxley going 30 minutes <laughs> would be a tough sell in front of the hottest audience in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, it's, 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 it's 98 Raw in, like, New York. Yeah, it's an insurmountable challenge in front of nobody. And Jake Hager should not be going longer than eight minutes, as you said. I didn't say that. But... I, 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 I'm adapting what you said about him. You're, you're taking my words. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked that they both had their camo <laughs> shorts on for this fight. Because <laughs> hmm. uh, I like that Jake wore his MMA trunks. As opposed to his wrestling gear, because it was a big fight. Um, but unfortunately, um, Jake Hager can no longer go home and can no longer see his children. That's true. That his was wife the stipulation will kick him out of the, of the match. So is Mox the bad guy? Uh, no, he lost. Mox didn't put that stipulation on him. His wife, his wife did. His wife's the bad guy. Much like I was, Gargano's the good guy. I'm now Hager was the good guy. <laughs> Oh, please never make me sit through thirty-minute empty arena matches again. I'm I'm so tired of them. I I I do like the only person I can trust to go longer than like fifteen minutes in an empty arena setting is Kenny it's Omega. Kenny. Yeah. Everybody else not allowed. What Kenny if it can. was Kenny Omega versus Jake Hager? Uh, it's still Jake, so no, eight minutes. Well, well, that's pretty. AW. I thought okay, sure, but. It had a good start for me, and it had a decent end for me, but that's about it. It had a good start for me, and that's about it. This <laughs> is Brit, Brit was the second best part of the show, I think. I liked Brit, yeah. Right. I even liked Sean Spears' entrance. That's <laughs> that true. Was neat. It was a nice little squash for him, too. I thought he looked... In more, he, the he, Bubbly he, Bunch? Yeah, he looked... Uh, the Bubbly Bunch was too good, too. I, I thought Spears looked more intense than he's looked in recent matches. He was really sinking his shit in, well, really. I, um, I know we skipped over that match, but I did actually like the the two minute story that they were telling. Where like uh, Spears was kind of like taking it easy, like a house show, and then the guy fought back, and he got a bit more intense. I thought that was a pretty cool story. Because like sometimes like just squash matches, they don't even as you don't want to tell a story. You just want to have the dude beat the guy up. But like this one was had a nice little story arc in that two minutes. Mm-hmm. 
That brings us to WWE NXT, which opened with Finn Balor against Fabian Eichner in a match I actually really enjoyed. I thought this was a really... I really liked this match. Yeah, I thought this was a... As I said, if, if I'm talking about principles of empty arena wrestling, I think this match hit on most of them. It was intense. It was physical. It was viscerally impressive. You know, you have to substitute the fact that, like, a, uh, unless you sink in a punch, a punch isn't going to get the same reaction, or a chop isn't going to get the same... Well, actually, chops work, because, you know, they, they make very loud sounds. Chops so, work in any sense. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, when they were doing like really good sequences of wrestling you're like this is good wrestling this is actually and stuff that i can respond to it helps that both bella and eichner are, are like a dynamic performers mm. who can who know when to like gear it up to the next level like um which is funny because like you don't really think of bella like that anymore you kind of think of him of doing slightly more of a methodical style than when he used to go like hard like that but um, ironically, even uh, Eichner kind of is much like a younger Bella in the way he works these kind of matches. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, if you go back and you look at, like, some Apollo 55 Bella singles matches, like, him and Eichner are quite similar. I, like, I don't think Eichner is at the same level yet, but I think that like, he could be. I, I'm, I'm really high on Eichner. Yeah, I thought this match ruled. Um, I, I, like, I, really I really good... like this match. This match was great. I thought this was a really good story in this match too. Where it's like Bella was clearly the better singles guy, but Eichner had um, had his partner on the, out on the outside, messing with Bella the whole time to try and even up the the big power gap between the two. And then Bella eventually drop kicked Barthel through a rail, which was nice. I was like, is Bella a heel or a face? <laughs> I believe he's a baby face now, but then he challenged Velveteen Dream later in the show, so maybe he's a, he's only he's uh, he's like Bret Hart. He's a baby mm. face in NXT UK and a heel in <laughs> NXT. <laughs> He's he's just gonna switch over. He, like when, when when needed, he'll go to whatever position he needs. Yeah. So they're still building up to Finn against Walter whenever that can possibly happen. At the NXT Takeover Super Show. Come on. Yes. Yeah. This match ruled. Actually, speaking yeah. of things that ruled, I loved this Charlotte for video package. Hmm. I thought, like, it laid out... Fair enough, they didn't tell this story. But they laid out a really, like, coherent story of how, like, she beat Paige, she beat uh, Trish Stratus, she beat the old generation of women, and obviously she beat all the current horse women. She, she beat Becky, she beat Sasha, she beat Bailey, And now she's Ronda. going after the next generation. And Ronda, yes, yeah, she kicked Ronda out. She smashed her skull. And, yeah, now she's going after the next generation. She's coming down to NXT because she's, she's beat the past, she's beat the present, it's... now she wants to beat the future. I was like, this is just a really good simple story that makes sense and the other thing is too whoever the babyface is that beats her and kicks her out of nxt is going to get such a great rub from it too which the question is who should that be i suppose it should probably still be rhea ripley yeah i think you have charlotte kind of run through everyone for a while and then at the nxt takeover super show <laughs> you have rhea beat her and win the title back even the way, like, she gave me... I assume she'll wrestle Mia Yim next week or the week after. I don't think they announced it for next week. Uh, but like, well, they, she, she has Eo first, doesn't she? Yeah, so, well, she said she wants to face Mia first. So that might might be non-title, I guess. So, uh, oh, yeah. I assume she'll just have a couple of non-title matches. But it's yeah, actually cool to see Charlotte in NXT, though, because I actually like her in the NXT format because they're mm. normally shorter matches. And yeah, she was like, she was like me, um, me was my first opponent in NXT and we've had parallel careers and now to see where she's come and, and like they gave meaning to what would otherwise be a throwaway. I, I thought this was a three minute video package and it was one of the best things on either of these shows this week. It made Charlotte feel like a big deal. It did. And she like very well delivered, very well produced. This was great stuff. I liked this a lot. It's on the WWE YouTube page as well. You can watch it. Um, just keeping ahead to the next match too between Xia Li and Aaliyah. 
Um, I thought this was actually a pretty cool match too because it was like one of these mid-card NXT matches which normally don't mean anything but actually had a bit of oomph to it, a bit of fire to it. Yeah, it had the, the payoff of that story where she smashed her face and beat and beat her up again a couple of weeks ago where they brought, they finally brought it forward after months and now they're... They didn't have... like I don't think the match was super good but at least I it, think it, it was like, meaningful. I think it was exactly what these kind of matches are but like mm. at least it had some sort of fire, some sort of uh, stakes to it. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I, like I'm not gonna. I like this episode of NXT a lot. I thought it was one of the best episodes of NXT in months. So yeah, and then we uh, we go backstage. Yes, Matt Riddle is on the phone. He's talking to Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn's like, oh, "Who's your partner?" And he's not telling him. <laughs> it's a real dick move by Dunn. <laughs> well, when he was like, "Bro," I was like, I I wasn't sure what the button on that was supposed to be. Was he was like, was it an enthusiast or a shocked bro? Because he he actually told him, or yeah, was so it a sh- didn't have very good inflection on the voice there? Was it like a bro, or yeah. was it a bro? So like, was he upset because he wasn't told, or was he shocked because of who he was told it was? I did well. The commentators clarified immediately after that he wasn't told, but still, I was like, I think it would have been cooler if he was like bro, and then like they're like, oh, he knows. What does he know that we don't know? Yeah. So and yeah, um, let's rewrite NXT. We got the best of the Super Cruises. A, a really damn good match between Akira Tozawa and Isaiah Scott. Mm. Again, um, physical, was... visceral, intense, bringing actual action. This is what empty arena wrestling should be. Tozawa's really good. And I Tozawa's like seeing great. him wrestle again. Uh, when this tournament was announced, I, the thing I was most excited about was the fact that I was going to start getting... Because like, what are the highlights of every NXT show? The random cruiserweight match that happens on the show for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to get well, at least one every week. Next week we're getting three. Yes. And like, I I'm, I was so excited because I was like, I think our problem with NXT for the most part is that the shows have a lot of meaningless middling matches. And like this takes that spot while giving it some meaning. Mm-hmm. So like NXT is immediately going to get brought up a whole notch. So every single one of these Cruiserweight tournament matches is matter, they have stakes, they have meaning and purpose, and they'll probably be very good wrestling matches. And three of them are going to be really sad. Yeah, oh yeah, the Spud matches are going to be heartbreaking. And you know They Spud's... had to have filmed them already, right? Like, they can't I... expect this dude to come in after they released him. Spud's a super, like, dedicated guy, and he will, you know? Well, he'll be going in there trying to work for his job back. And he also, he works in Florida. He lives in Florida. So it's not like he'd be flying in or anything. So, But also, you got fired. <laughs> yes, there's, <laughs> you know there's I mean? that. Like, that is, that is, like it's that's... still a super shitty position to put the guy in. Mm. Unless they're taped and, already, which who knows. Yeah, so hopefully they are taped already. And then this dude isn't just getting dragged back in where everyone's going to look at him weird. <laughs> that's that, that, that. Oh, no, I don't want to think about that. That breaks my heart. Yeah, it's, it's a really heartbreaking thing. Him and Heath were the two that, like, really made me sad. Because I was like, these guys are lifers, I thought. Same. And, like, Zack Ryder. Like, he was... He was even he Kurt. Been. Like, I thought, like, once he got his, his thing back, like, I always assumed that eventually they were going to transition their podcast and YouTube channel into, like, an official WWE platform. Yeah. Like, Zack should have been, like, the, the, the benchmark for what you should want to do. And a guy who was going nowhere, had nothing going on, and built everything he had by himself like that should be mm. celebrated that should be multiple rewarded. times not even he didn't even just do it once he's done it multiple times he built his social media platform and then he did it all again with a podcast about wrestling figures 
God damn it, Zack Ryder. I hope he deserves the world. He's earned the world. I hope he gets picked up by AEW or fuck it, Ring of Honor or something. Give this dude money. Mm. I, I To be fair, I hope like all of them do because I, <laughs> I, I still like a lot of the guys that got released. Yeah. Tozawa beat Isaiah Scott, so he won the first match of the tournament. And he, How does this work? Is it strictly win and loss record? Is the points? I, I don't it's remember win and loss, and um, if you beat someone, you have the upper hand on them if you're in a draw. Cool. Speaking of the tournament, we get a video package for El Hio Del Fantasma, which was fine, but Fantasma I'm very is, excited for El Hio Del Fantasma. He's a one-move wrestler. He does a cool dive. The rest of it's very boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I like him, man. I, I, I'm excited for him and his Lucha Boy stable that may or may not happen. Yeah, it's weird because it was building to whatever his non-El Hio Del Fantasma name was. I think apparently. he's going to the finals. Yeah. I think the finals are probably going to be... Uh, is he Which bracket is he in? I don't remember. Is he? He's not in the Akira Tozawa Isaiah Scott bracket, is he? I don't remember. If he's not, I think the finals are going to be Isaiah Scott and him. If it is, I think it's going to be him and Kushida. Mm. They're my two predictions. Lock it in. That's Liam's lock of the week. Uh, Tegan Ox defeated Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez in the, the... I think the only thing on this show I actively didn't like... Uh, mm. I thought, like, why did Raquel Gonzalez lose? Uh, just like, what are you doing? When you watch, well, have, they're, they're building AW back up to another Knox and uh, Kai match. I don't want another one. They've done it three. See, times. the problem is uh, Raquel Gonzalez should have beaten some nobodies on the way to this match and then mm. lost the Knox because, like, that's literally the role of the heater is to beat the like the nobodies and then lose to the actual person who's a challenge. But like this, this was her first match, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's why I, that's the one thing I disagree with this booking. Like, I I don't mind Knox beating her, but she should have been some random people on the way to fighting Knox. Uh, I think there, there's a very a much easier way to like you you do Tia Knox against Raquel Gonzalez. Dakota Kai interferes, which she did in this match. So Raquel Gonzalez not only lost, she lost with help from Dakota Kai. But Dakota Kai interferes, costs uh, Knox the match. Then they beat her up after the match. Shotzi makes the save. Then you get to the tag match next week, and you don't pin Raquel Gonzalez in her first match. Yeah. Uh, a video package on Keith there was Lee. a couple. There was a couple better ways to handle this scenario. Yes, most of which involve not losing for Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, or at least not losing. I did like how mean she was though. She yeah, she yeah. had a, she rejected a good um, intensity. Yeah, I think she 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 again. It wasn't a super long match, but she had a good showing for what it was meant to be. Hmm. Uh, we um, had a video Keith package Lee. on Keith Lee. Yes, which I I think in theory was all very good, but Keith Lee does not talk like a real human being. So I was just like just. <laughs> Just speak. Stop he doing kind of. He just kind of talk like he's performing. Yeah, it's, it's like he's reading poetry. It's like, stop, just talk. Which I don't mind if, in like a promo setting, but like when we're trying to see a real guy behind the character. Yeah, when the, the, the idea of this is the sit-down feature where we tell the story of Keith Lee, you know, we get behind the, the veil, we get behind the mask of who he is as a performer to find who he is as a person, and he's still the doing this. And I be- <laughs> am limitless. <laughs> Couldn't you believe that, like, Keith Lee just talks like that? <laughs> that's just how he, like, talks. Like, wakes up in the morning. Me, him, knocks on his door. How are you? And he's just like, I am great. <laughs> I woke up feeling well-rested. They should make that a heel character. <laughs> he's just, like, super... Po- he's, like, doing the New Day super positive thing. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a motivational speaker, but annoying. Which, in fairness, mm. all motivational speakers are annoying. Mm-hmm. We got a old Dexter Loomis. 
Dexter Loomis and has very good entrance music. I will fight you over that. Defeated to Hootie cool. Miles. He has a cool look. Yeah. <laughs> solid, solid little squad. That's what I have. I, I, I took uh, issue with Tom Phillips. Dexter Loomis's finisher is not an Anaconda device. It's a head and arm choke. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the Anaconda device has the... Because the, uh, like, the, the head and arm choke is like putting someone to sleep. The Anaconda device is like a mixture of like constriction, constriction while also like really fucking up their arm. Yeah, you have to you have to do the little arm grabby thing. And the, like, it's the, like a, the difference it's like is literally Kimura only grabbing the arm. It's a Kimura choke mixed together, kind of. Yeah, so, yeah. Tom, it's not an account of ice. Or Dexter, start grabbing that arm. What, whichever one it's supposed to be, do it. <laughs> well, it's like, because um, Hager does the arm and head joke, and because he, and he's tall, he, like, murders people with it. So maybe just switch to the Anaconda device. Mm, I'm sure CM Punk won't mind. Well, no one else is using the Anaconda device at the moment. I know that... Um, well, literally like, nobody for a while. Hmm? Um, Kojima uses it, doesn't he? Not really. He, he busts out the Koji cutter, mostly. Or just the big lariat for the win. So yeah, Dexter Loomis is apparently doing something. And also, Tenzan later. was the one who invented it. Oh, it was Tenzan, not Kojima, yeah. Silly me. Hey, but he does, like, the TDD. Also, he doesn't win very many matches. He doesn't wrestle. Well, none of these people wrestle anymore, so. Yeah. I, I'll be so sad if, like, they just stop wrestling, like, because of this. We're going to get to a, a time soon, for the first time in our New Japan fandoms, where we won't have the New Japan dads. Well, we'll slowly get a new generation of dads. You know, Gato and well, Tanahashi is going to be a dad eventually. Tanahashi's really bordering on dad. Same with Gato. Gato's like sitting right in the edge of dadhood. Mm, but like, I'm just, I'm going to miss the third gen boys. Mm. I'm, I'm going to miss uh, Shibata tearing through them that one year. Like, we'll we'll all be very mad in like I don't know six years when Tanahashi is losing most of his G1 matches and he's fallen into dad status and we're like we remember when, the days when he was a star and he should be getting like the same way people be were those guys that we kind of went yeah yeah all right move on <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> when um I guess when Shota Umino is bowing to Tanahashi in his last G1 after he beats him mm. oh, I'm just <laughs> I just got me really excited when Shota Umino comes back. You've also reminded me of that very lovely moment in Nagato's last G1 where Fale bowed to him mm. and it was very I go back and sweet. I watch that moment. It's it's so good. All of that, There's, the entire thing is so good. Because I often go back to that show to watch um, the moment where Shibata's music hits mm. and the crowd goes nuts. Um, I'll, I'll watch that Nagata uh, Fale like last minute as well. And like, and then like at the time I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I knew that like they were in a group, but like I've gone back since and watched some of the earlier stuff where they were in the same stable, and now like that moment just hits extra hard for me. It's so sweet. It's a very lovely moment. Like, cause like Farley still like as much as like people rag on Farley and sometimes deservedly so, he still feels like a big deal, and he feels like the ultimate bad guy. Cause like he's mm. never a good guy, but the one time he decided, I oh I'm gonna be good and I'm gonna be respectful is for Nagata. And I could appreciate that. I really hope Kojima gets the last run. I'll be so mad if Kojima doesn't get a run. Adam Cole cut a promo on Velveteen Dream, still in his house. He's like, go away. I don't want to be here. Then Dream comes out. <laughs> Sorry for our New Dream. Japan interlude. <laughs> yeah, Dream. I'm so I'm so over Dream. I never want to see Dream again, to be honest. Uh, have we moved on to the actual Dream promo? Yeah, it's all in one. Finn shows up. Dream talks. Fight for whatever something. Finn Balor comes out. He he says week. that Cole's the best NXT champion, and Finn takes offense to that. Um, I, you know what's funny? I was, I like obviously we're not the biggest Dream fans in the world. He doesn't really click with us. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually pretty into a Balor Finn match. I think that might be pretty cool. Balor and Finn are the same person. 
Sorry, Ballerin Dream. There you go. <laughs> well, you'll get one next week. And I'm, I'll be very excited for it. Well, they didn't specify that that's a match, though, did they? They said it's a date. Maybe they will go on a date. Maybe it's a literal Ooh. date. Oh, maybe it's going to be like uh, a Broserweight segment. Oh, very good. It's, maybe it's going to be a cinematch. I was about to say it'll be a final deletion. <laughs> the final date deletion. Oh, no. Go away. Never. <laughs> One last date. I will fight you. <laughs> we got some next weeks. Jack Gallagher faces Phantasma. Drake Maverick faces Jake Atlas. D- Drake Maverick faces Jake Atlas. There's a tongue twister for you. Kushida faces Tony Nese and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez faces Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. I'm really excited for Jake Atlas and Drake Maverick. I think that's going to be a real banger. I hope they do more Jake Atlas than they did in that match against Austin Theory. Is that who he wrestled? Um, no, he Dexter Loomis. And he oh, yes, him. Dexter Loomis. That's who he dropped to. What's the main event of that show then? Oh, Finn and Dream, I guess. One would assume it's Finn and Dream, assuming that's yeah. a match and not a date. Now, to a match that I fucking loved. Yes, our main event, uh, which was for the NXT World Tag Team Championships, the Undisputed Hero Team of Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. Where's Kyle? Oh, he's stuck in Canada. Um, I, he must be in, like, ISO or something. Or maybe he's stuck in Canada. Maybe he went home. Oh, uh, he could have gone home. Uh, but yeah, the Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong faced the team of Matt Riddle and his mystery partner of Timothy Thatcher. What a... Like, what? It's so weird that Timothy Thatcher is in NXT and he's getting a push. And his debut is in the middle of a pandemic as Matt Riddle's partner. And, the world is so and strange. his debut is in a match with, like, four guys who work like, shooty styles. <laughs> And two of whom he has considerable history with on the Indies. So it's like, there, it's, there's like that long-term run. It's really cool, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm normally a very, I don't know, pessimist <laughs> when it comes to NXT signings. But like, this one may be like, wow, that's kind of cool. There you go. Yeah, it was a good match. I really like this match. It was very much along the lines of, like, those NXT TakeOver tag matches that'll start the show, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, that's gonna be cool, and then it's like, wow, that rules. Yeah. Most importantly, Dexter Loomis showed up. <laughs> yes, randomly. I re- <laughs> I was actually listening to you as you were watching this match, and just went, ah! <laughs> It's just randomly in weird lighting, hovering in the, the background. Dex- Dexter jump scare. So it happened. It, it, it really was. They should. They should. Act, that actually should be the character. It should have nothing to do with the four people in this match. They should mm. just do Dexter jump scares in the middle of matches. So like, who's the weirdest one for him to feud with going out of this? Bobby Fish. <laughs> but like, also just him and Matt Riddle randomly. <laughs> or him and T- Tim Thatcher's first program in the World Wrestling Entertainment is against Dexter Loomis. <laughs> I was actually thinking while I was watching this match too, is Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong the weirdest Undisputed Era combination possible? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if there's one combination that you don't think will be challenging for the tag belts, it's Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. I guess Colin Fish is weird as well. Yeah, but even Colin Fish, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they they mesh a little better. Mm. Strong and Fish is just such a weird combination. And I can't even think of a fun tag name for him. Uh, st- strong fish. Strong fish smell. String fish. Sh- strong, strong smell of fish. Fish, fish, Rick. Rod fish or Bob. Sh- um, uh, the Bobs. <laughs> sure. Ocean. <laughs> no. Bob Rick. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, yeah, there's nothing there. There's uh, If you have suggestions for a Bobby Fish Roderick Strong tag team name, please submit them at WarGamesPod or in the Discord. I'm partial to Strong Smell of Fish. Because it's similar to Kings of Strong Kyle. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Which is my little... far the best name, right? It's 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 very much up there. It, it works very well. I, oh, I, I know what um, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole's tag name would be. What? <laughs> Such a stupid joke. It's just going to be all in capitals, Flay Flay. <laughs> like what? you fillet a fish. <laughs> you know, I thought of it, thought it was great, and then said it in my head, and I was like, wait, that sucks, but I've already talked myself into it. <laughs> so Flay Flay is it. You're pot and of course, they say. of course, strong and um, Adam Cole are already a tag team. The Dojo Bros. Mm, it's very fishy. <laughs> um, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, indeed. Riddle and uh, Thatcher won after Thatcher submitted Roddy to his. Thatcher's is a tag champ. Uh, 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 did they clarify that that he is? Is, is yeah. he still standing, they said this is or is he just the tag that, champ now? They said that this is for the titles. But they, and this, they had the, him, he defended he had the, belt. the belts on behalf of Pete Dunne, but is he so the are champion? They, are they a trio? I don't know. I don't know. They haven't made that clear whether or not this is simply a stand-in defense where Pete Dunne is still I, champion. He had the or, belt, which makes me think that he might be champ. Because they might not know when this is still going to blow over and Pete will be back to defend the belts. So. Okay, Pete's, Pete's probably locked out for another good two months. Yeah, so like, I assume they'll, be t- they'll probably defend the belts against uh, Stokely's boys. Mm. Which Stoke, they had a promo. Uh, they had a promo, promo earlier, actually. Stoke had a promo on the show somewhere, which was a good promo because um, it's Stoke. I actually liked it because he went with, along with, like, which is the line I think we've seen now a couple times where it was like, "There's 1.2 billion people in India. And these are the two strongest." I was like, "That's kind of sick line." Yeah, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. It's a terrifying number of people. Any number of people over two is terrifying, to be fair. That is true. That brings us to the two people to close the show, which were Tommaso Ciampa, ah, who was talking about... Good. Technically, three, three. Scarlett was there too. But nonetheless, Ciampa was talking about Gargano. He's like, he's done with all of this, aren't we all? Before, not Killer Cross. What is it? Carrion Cross is his fed name? Carry on my wayward son. There you go. Carrion Cross attacked him from behind. There was a bunch of rattling pipes. It was actually a, a, a humorous <laughs> Very enough. Very classic for... WWE backstage segment. Legitimately, it sounded like the if uh, the collapse of some kind of building where he threw him. I really thought this needed blood. They, and that's like, like a pre-tape. You can do fake, fake blood. blood, but like yeah. just like I, when he hit the ground, I feel like you needed some sort of a blood splatter to really sell this because it kind of just looked a little dorky. It actually reminds me a lot of his uh, Impact debut, if you remember. There was like a well, he was stabbing he was people out. or something? Yeah. <laughs> or in a he, pipe? He murdered P.D. Williams eventually. And he put an X on the tummy? Yes. <laughs> the, the, the put... Has he just switched from an X to a clock? <laughs> uh, well, he always had the clock. He was always at the, That was part of his Impact entrance. Oh, because the Doomsday. Well. Which, yeah. So, there, there he is, Killer Cross. He's... Ah, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, but I hope that they have some good matches, or at least some good some good Lance Archer esque squashes for him, which is about his level. <laughs> and Scarlet's there too. Scarlet's oh, great. It's official. And um, people on Instagram and Twitter will really like the duo. Yes, yes, they will. And, and that's Scarlet. truly the most important factor. Uh, the likes on Instagram for Scarlett is, in fact, the most important factor, especially when she's sexually eating a banana. I mean, what more can you ask for? What more can you ask for, indeed? Liam, match of the week. I'm going to go... <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> uh, uh, Riddle and Thatcher versus Strong Smell of Fish. 
I am going to go... It's a toss-up for me between Balor and Eichner and uh, Tozawa and Scott, but I, I'm leaning Balor and Eichner. I like that match a lot. That match would be I, I would go with that over Scott and Tozawa as well. Yes, so show of the week. NXT. This is, honestly, the first week in which I thought there was, like, a real big gap between these shows in favour of NXT. I thought NXT was a better show by an absolute landslide. I really liked NXT this week. This is this might have been my favorite episode of NXT in the run of NXT on USA. <laughs> Probably one of like the mini takeovers might beat it. Yeah, they they did like a mini takeover a couple times, so I'd have to go back and look at that. But yeah, good show. I like the show a lot. So yes, you vote NXT, I vote NXT. So NXT formally wins, but the poll did as always side with AEW. Eighty-one percent to nineteen. Just a bit of objectivity, please. Yeah. In fairness, and you know what you know what it means. Like, if you guys voted for the wrong one and we voted for the right one, that means that was your fault. So you know yeah. what? Pull your trousers up, look a bit better at the show, and get the right opinion. There you go. Well done, NXT. <laughs> well done, Triple H. You deserve. Actually, no. It, it literally dressed in front of my eyes. Dropped to eighty percent, twenty percent. So well done, NXT. It's as if people are listening to this live somehow, and it's making a comeback. Well, boy, do I have news for you. <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod if you'd like to vote in the poll every week. You can follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney. You can't follow Liam because he's gone private because he's a coward. Right, <laughs> I didn't want you to actually mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted it to be a subtle thing that we didn't acknowledge. The WarGames you... account is my main account for wrestling now. That's you know, my you, announcement. You, you, you cannot trust me not to do things. <laughs> Yeah, to just bury me to the people. Listen, I have to. Uh, what else can I do? I have to get myself over at your expense. Do you have to, though? Yes. Hey, Garrett, what wonderful gifts have you received in the last couple days? Oh, I got a, a copy of the Devil May Cry anime as part of my birthday. My birthday's not for two months. This is how thoughtful this person who sent it to me is that he sent me a birthday present two months early. And I will watch and it over the weekend and we'll maybe talk about it at next week's show, I guess, maybe? I'll have you know that on Monday, more gifts will be arriving. Oh, wonderful. One of which you will like. <laughs> um, that anime's not very good, but hey... <laughs> It fit the meme, there and it was go. the most expensive gift by far. <laughs> meme presents are. You know how hard it was to get presents. that Blu-ray, by the way. Why? <laughs> like, because like all the Blu-rays that I found for it were all in the the region of like the US and mm. wouldn't be played on your Blu-ray player. <laughs> PS4. But, um, the DVD was available, but I was like, no. <laughs> he has to see Dante eating strawberry. Uh, Sundays in beautiful Blu-ray high definition. In the highest fidelity possible. Even though this is from what, 2007? Yes. I, Which means it wasn't I, originally in high definition anyway, so. I, it's scaled up, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I watched, I remember first watching that on YouTube. <laughs> I think I was like, I might have been 10. It was the first piece of Devil May Cry media I ever ingested. And you're like, I must play all these games. I love this Dante. And then I didn't play the games for five more years. <laughs> There you go. Bang, bang, bang. Pull my devil trigger. If you'd like more Oddly Wrestling coverage in your podcasting feed, check out Everything Elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your podcasting feed, check out Shake Them Ropes. And go check out Garrett's bloody YouTube channel. Yes, go watch my Final Fantasy video. There you go. And I'm nearly finished. I definitely have watched it and it's good. Yes, thank you, Liam. Liam the other day was like, I watched Final Fantasy VII. I enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, thanks so much, Liam. I was like, no, I meant the... uh, But didn't you talk about the old game? You didn't talk about the new game. Uh, Yeah, so... So, like, why why would I? Huh? I'm all about that new shit. 
Thanks for listening and bye-bye. Bye, 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 bye.